the guy standing in a hot tub with a glass of wine going, first of all, I am Italian. I don't mean to yell. (laughs) We still say that to each other to this day. We say that to each other all the time. Mel, the second that happened, Mel turned to me and went, that's you. (laughs) (laughs) You had me at Hell no. Hi, welcome to You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Allie. And I'm Mel. And this is our podcast where we watch romance movies and try to figure out why we love a genre that hates us so much. We watch all movies related to romance, rom-coms, thrillers, dramas, you name it. If romance is about the plot, we are gonna watch it. Or if the plot is about romance? What did I say? You said if romance is about the plot. (laughs) (laughs) And let's be real, romance, a lot of romance is about the plot. What's the story we're telling, you know? Yeah. Yeah, fully, fully. Uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> well, that tells you the kind of week that I've had, listeners. But any both of us are like, <laughs> but but we love to watch romance movies, even though romance isn't our normal vibe. But um, this mm-hmm. week we have had, I'm gonna say, the genuine pleasure of watching mm-hmm. a classic '90s rom com. Well, I think we, all of that, almost all of that is due to the wonder and the joy, the absolute star power that is Julia Roberts. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Julia Roberts. We're back with a Julia Roberts movie. I don't know that we've watched one in probably since my best friend's wedding. Yeah, I don't think so. Which is it's, insane. Yeah, it's Julia. It's truly an all-star cast, but the main two are Julia Roberts oh, we haven't, and we Richard Gere. Which, and here's the thing, what you're probably thinking is, ooh, they're watching Pretty Woman. No. Which is weird that we didn't do that. Yeah. (laughs) But we will eventually get to it. But no, 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 we watched Runaway Bride. Oh, baby. And I just want to give everyone a quick disclaimer right now. I will only be referring to Richard Gere as Mudslide Dick. Listeners, my hand is in my, my, my face is in my hand. (laughs) I can't. I, I don't even. This is, of course, a reference to Knights and Rodanthe, a movie we both watched and were astounded by. Horrified by. And I don't know if we were in horrified. We were just like, How? is this happening? Yeah. And f- is this happening? Yeah. Right now? A quick recap which, on that Richard Gere dies in a mudslide in Ecuador. And we, at the, yeah. we thought that was the peak of comedy. We were dying. We were just like, because we like jokingly were like, he's going to die. And then he fucking died in a mudslide. Yeah. It was, I think it was just, it was the specificity that we were like, okay. It was a lot. It was a uh, lot to take in. That movie also, we're not talking about Nuts and Rodanthe right now. I will be referring to him as Richard Gere. <laughs> no, will not. <laughs> I'll probably refer okay, to him as uh, Richard Gere. Ugh. Tiff is out this week, uh, but you got us, babies. That's right. But yeah, yeah. Tiffer is out this week. Oh. 
He's doing dad shit and work shit, so you got us. But let's, okay, let's get into Runaway Bride because this movie. I haven't, I realized, I don't think I'd seen this since I was like eight or nine. I think I, I know watched I saw it, it more than I watched once. it over quarantine. I'm pretty sure I did for the first time. Really? Yeah, because because oh. you know me, I'm a horror gal. I'm not a rom com gal. But I mm-hmm. recall distinctly seeing this movie and being confused as to why Julia Roberts is falling in love with the villain Richard Gere. Yeah, he okay. is absolutely. The antagonist, the villain, he should be he burned is, at the stake. No, thank you. Most of this movie is just this man torturing her. Harassing her. And then there's this weird turn where they're in love and you're like, okay. Because, okay, here's what I will say. I do think they have good chemistry. I think they work well together. They have great chemistry. They have great chemistry. Julia Roberts is a true blue movie star. Like, she is so, there's just something she has that works, especially in rom-coms, but it just, I, she has a way of, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, there is a way that she delivers lines that makes it look so easy. She makes things seem almost grounded, but also buoyant at the same time, and like a weird mix. It's I don't her, know if there's an actress. Yeah, it's that the Julia better Roberts at a, it factor. I I don't yeah. think there's another name for it. Who is better at a tearful confession of love? I don't know. I don't know. Julia Roberts is like, she's phenomenal. She has that crazy laugh. She has that big old hair that I love. She has a face that is so beautiful that, okay, my grandma used to say this about, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna. My grandma used to say about Julia Roberts, my grandma loved Julia Roberts, but my grandma used to be like, if you just look at her face and like look at her individual features, it doesn't look like it would add up to a pretty face, but it does. I don't know why I'm giving my grandma this accent. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know either. She did not. I don't know why I'm like. My grandmother used to talk like that's not what Grandma Kate talked like. Grandma was like a nice Irish Catholic girl from Chicago. So if anything, it was like, "What's happening?" It was like much more nasal. <laughs> and um, anyway, I'm not painting my grandmother in a beautiful light. Basically, my grandma was like Julia Roberts was someone my grandma would mention to be like, "You need to be interesting looking in order to be truly attractive." And she would mention Julia Roberts. Okay. And that okay. was, this was something she would say to, like, sometimes her daughters, but also to us, her granddaughters, of, like, you just have to find your look. Um, which is an interesting way of telling us that we aren't cute. Um, <laughs> the audacity. No, I've been told. I've, had, I've heard so many fun ways throughout my life of just older women finding fun, creative ways to tell me that I'm almost attractive. Oh, same. Because I've been fat my whole life, pretty much. So I mm-hmm. I have that same experience. You'd Which be like so really much cool. you'd be so much prettier if you were thin. You should wear I'm something gonna... that's flattering. That's not flattering on you, but you'd look so cute if you wore something else. If you knew how to use makeup, I think Ali, you'd be can you imagine what you'd look like with makeup? Yeah. Oh, you should not. Um, you should have long hair because your face is so round. 
Long hair looks better on you. I just don't think those sunglasses fit your face. Yeah, Um, you should wear long earrings because it makes your face look thinner. Don't wear studs. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, You know, you're so tall, but, uh, you know, it's also, I've gotten a lot of, I love that you wear heels. Uh, You're so brave. I'm like, yeah, it's really brave to be a leggy brunette in America. Yeah, well, I just do the uh, I'm, I'm really Nicole fighting Byer. the hard fight yeah. out here. I do the Nicole Byer hashtag Sorry. very fat, very brave. Very, yeah, boop, boop. Anyway. Um, but this film uh, is, so I, I hear. We, I, I'm sorry. I took us on a turn. No, we but I, hear, all what, that I hear what you're saying about Julia Roberts. And I think part of what makes her so watchable is because she is this fantastic beauty and she has amazing acting skills. So you feel like she's the girl next door. You feel like she has this, oh yeah, she's obviously my friend. I know this woman. And, yeah, there is something about it. It's right, finish your thought. But it's, I would say it's almost magical about how she is so watchable because this movie is a great example of that like she is doing like industrial design she's a mechanic like she takes care of everyone around her except herself which is a theme in the film that we'll get into yet she's this timeless beauty so beautiful and also there's like a slight acknowledgement both from like julia roberts the actress but also in the the, of the character of like because i think something that drives people kind of crazy is when um like a beautiful woman is like i'm just a nerd i'm just a dork and it's like okay you can be because no person is a monolith and no woman there are lots of very beautiful women who are like dork that's kind of a Mm -hmm. misogynistic thing yeah that is spread but also i'm kind of tired like something i think is nice about julia roberts is that she does not deny that she is beautiful She's not hiding it. She's not embarrassed by it. She doesn't see it like she recognizes um, and acknowledges both in like characters she plays. And I think also as like Julia Roberts, the person recognizes like um, privileges that's brought to her, but also ways that allows her to be dismissed. And like she kind of the way that she acknowledges her beauty is part of that dynamic, I think. Because I, I think a lot of times totally we ask agree. of we ask beautiful women to deny that they are beautiful. Like I don't want a girl that knows she's beautiful. Well, fuck you. How about you eat shit then? Yeah, like, like I'm sorry. Do you you what that says to me when when men? I want a self hating person. Yeah, well, it's not even person. that. It's saying that I want someone who doesn't have self worth, so that yeah. I can be the one to provide that to them. Exactly. If they don't know they're beautiful, they're going to be so excited when I tell them. And then I can, then it's also something I can take away. And yeah, which is so ridiculous because, and, and then I think the flip side of it is like, if someone, cause like you see memes of that all the time and videos on the internet, right. Of like women, yeah. when, when men are like, you're beautiful. And they're like, I know, thank you. But and then they get pissed. Well, they get yeah, furious. the men get pissed, but sometimes I think yeah. also some women have that attitude of like, I know. Which, yeah. like, first of all, you should love yourself and you should think that you're beautiful and you shouldn't have another person define your worth and your value that way. But also, like, sometimes it's nice to be complimented. 
And I think there's yeah. a balance to be struck. Like you don't need to derive your self-worth from someone else thinking that you're attractive or beautiful. And you should think that you're beautiful. But if someone's telling you you're beautiful, maybe sometimes you could just say thanks and move on. That's the best advice my tap teacher, Sherry, ever gave me. Because I used to never be able to take a compliment. And one day she was like, Melanie, I'm trying to, say, I'm trying to give you a compliment. You don't have to qualify everything. Just say thank you and move on. And I was yeah, like, oh. I do agree with that. Oh. But like Julia Roberts is a thank you and move on person. Exactly. And that's I, that's part of, that's a part of her charm. Um, and she's also, I, I would say in this movie too, she's also, this is going to come out wrong. So I know that you're going to be oh able no. to help me judge this out. But she's okay. opposite these powerhouse actors like Joan Cusack and Laurie Metcalf, who are both beautiful but they're also not Julia Roberts beautiful. Does that make sense? They're different. Yeah, they're different. It's their dare. Yeah, it's the and they're dressed, quote, character actor of it. Exactly. The character actor yes. of it. Yes. They're they're also kind of dressed down they're, and they're made to they're be. They're dressed down. They're, they are maybe five to ten years older than she is. And they're made to be a lot also, goofier and quirkier than she is, too, so that correct. we don't really think of them sexually. At it's all. the same way that Catherine Hahn was in the background of every romance comedy. Exactly. And exactly. Catherine Thank Hahn you. is a hundred percent a super fox who I would be more than happy to kiss if that's something she wanted. I understand she's like married. Catherine, and not, if you're I'm listening, not to whatever. Catherine, I'm not Catherine, trying to whatever. Catherine, if you're listening, Allie wants to kiss you. I'm fine. Our email is. I also is, just admire her. Our what? email is hell no, hell no cast at gmail.com. Um, I also just think she's like cool. I, I have a I'd link love to, to just my hang phone. out. If you want to kiss Allie, just let me know and we'll set no, something up. No, it's okay. That sounds creepy the way I said it. I just, I really <laughs> admire her. <laughs> I really admire her work. But also, that's like 100% my type of lady. Anyway, sorry. That's beside the point. So let's um, let's get into the plot. Let's do. A, we haven't a, gotten into the movie at all. Again, okay. Surprising. Nobody is shocked. Us as fuck. <laughs> anyway, so Richard Gere plays a guy named Ike, who which is already is a like New York barf. Who is a New York City like com- columnist, and he's truly a villain. One of the most exhausting types of men. Ugh. Uh, but and something I like. Something I like about Richard Gere. Is he is so good at playing, and this is gonna sound kind of terrible, but kind of sleazy characters, smarmy, sometimes almost slimy characters, where you're like, this guy's kind of awful. But I should be more clear. He is phenomenal at playing guys who you, who no doubt will fuck you over. He you was have no doubt that they're gonna try yeah, to fuck you over. Phenomenal as Billy Flynn in Chicago. Truly, yes, the right phenomenal choice. in Chicago. He's also like. And this is like a different thing, but like, but like American Gigolo, he's kind of a dick. Not kind of. He's not nice. He's not a nice person. Um, uh, he isolates himself to the point that he, when he later needs help, he that isolation is ultimately his downfall, and then he's consumed by his own paranoia. Um, a classic Paul Schrader movie, but um, <laughs> but like he's good in stuff like that where you're like. Yeah, he's oh, this guy's like a primal fear. He's great. Yeah, and um, even honest, I'm gonna say even Knights in Rodanthe, where he plays this yes! like emotionally stunted, closed off asshole dude. And so in yes! in this film, he 
Like, I'm not denying that Richard Gere is a good actor. I just, I don't get mm-hmm. the hype. So, like, for me, I'm like, okay, gross. But we're not horny for Richard Gere no. in the way that a lot of America is super horny for Richard Gere. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, I will say when I watched Mothman Prophecies, Jigger, I though, got it. I will say, wait, what? I liked watching him be scared in Mothman. So, I don't know Mothman Prophecies. It's long. Is he the Mothman? No. I wish. He's the he's the gigolo in American Gigolo. Oh. Well, there you go. I will say when I watched that movie, I was like, I think I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you were texting me about it. But okay. Let's, I was feeling let's... so many confusing feelings. I was you like, were. you this were. This guy's awful. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Let's this dive back different. in. And so the basic plot rundown of Runaway Bride <laughs> <laughs> is that Richard Gere is... A uh, columnist, journalist, reporter, whatever you want to call him. And he's procrastinating on his column for tomorrow. He doesn't have a story. He doesn't know what to write. He meets a guy in a bar who says, hey, let me tell you about someone from my hometown. She's this woman who has left three people at the altar so no, far. He says seven. Seven? Seven men. I, yeah, he says he's she's a, run away he, from men seven times. Right. Because and that, that's what he puts in the article. Yeah. Sorry. So... And Richard Gere's like, oh, that's a cool story. So he essentially fabricates a story about this real person and uses and her real name. Awful. And it's complete slander, defamation of character. It and is. And it's also this insanely misogynistic article where he's like, some people say I hate women. Well, and they'd be right. I, maybe I, <laughs> they'd be right. It's awful. It's, anyway. it's truly like he reads it and his boss, Rita Wilson, who is also his ex-wife, fires him. And this, yes. I liked this because there's immediately a consequence. Because yes. he he lies in his story. He doesn't have any credible sources. And, you know, Julia Roberts, you know, writes to the paper and she's like, excuse me, what the fuck? Because it's USA Today that he writes for. So they immediately no, thought, fire oh, him. I thought it was New York Times. Oh, I thought it was USA Today. It doesn't matter. It's a big paper. A big New York City newspaper. So he gets canned within the first 10, 15 minutes. 10 minutes. Yeah. Which is like, look, here comes a consequence. Amazing. Um, Gorge. But so he has this complicated relationship with his ex-wife. They're like best friends. Because that's his boss. Rita Wilson is his Mm ex-wife. And she's married to Hector Elizondo. Hector Elizondo. But also wasn't... Okay, here are fun facts. Not only were, I think, all three of these actors in Pretty Woman, also directed by Hector, uh, directed by Gary, Gary Marshall. Marshall. But, um, and by three actors, I mean Hector Elizondo, um, Julia Roberts. Wait, wasn't Hector Elizondo in Pretty Woman? I don't know. I, it's been I don't a remember since I've seen that movie. He's worked with Gary Marshall before, but I do know that he and Richard Gere were both in American Gigolo together. Also, oh. in like a weird note hector elizondo and rita wilson look eerily like my parents they really do ali was so when oh my god when they're like holding hands and kissing i was like what is this what fucking alt universe it's it's because he wears the same kind of hat that your dad likes to wear that's, that's hector why. elizondo already looks like my dad and then he dresses like my dad and then rita wilson is the same kind of like high cheekbone um light brown hair pretty as my mother was so it's like What's happening? Also, okay, Mel's now holding her cat who looks... This is what happens routinely, listeners. Mel's cat will be very <laughs> very upset. She So she has to hold him like a baby. 
And then he looks around as if confused that this is happening, (laughs) as if this isn't what he wanted. And then he will turn to Melanie and just press his face into her face. Yeah, he's he's sniffing my nose to make sure I'm still breathing. (laughs) What? That's why cats do that, is to make sure that you're still breathing. I don't fucking... Ostensibly, I think it's because he would probably devour my corpse if I were dead. Which, do like, cats get sick if they eat people? Because I know if people eat people. We already, yeah, we already talked Ill. about, you know. Oh, we already talked about this? We talked okay, about Kreutzfeldt-Jakob syndrome or disease last episode, I believe. Thank you. So Hector Elizondo, who is married to Rita Wilson now, he also is friends with um, Richard Gere. They're all like friends. Um, he does freelance work for GQ and he's like, I have a way we could probably you could probably fix this because Richard Gere's reputation is tanked. He's like, you could write a piece for a different magazine about this one, but this time you like get the facts straight. You write a better piece about it. So he sends Richard Gere down to the town in of Hale. Maine. I think Maryland? it's Hale, Maryland, because it's kind of southern, but they do crab bakes. It's and fucking, that sounds Maine like Maryland. Also has crab, right? Yeah, they both do. But if we're talking about who's a little more southern, it would be Maryland. I honestly Just, don't remember. Thing, they're all doing. They're all doing like so pseudo southern accents. And you're right. It is Maryland. It is Maryland. He goes down to Hale, and he essentially starts harassing Julia Roberts and her friends and family. And his whole angle is, my theory about you, Julia Roberts, my theory about you as a terrible person, I know in my gut that it's right. And I'm just going to get to know you better than you know yourself, and I'm going to prove it. And that's how I'm going to restore my reputation and become a journalist again. Awful. He's like, and everyone in the town seems like super eager to kind of throw Julia under the bus, which is insane because Julia Roberts is like, she's a keystone also of their so town. kind. She's yeah, she's, she's super kind so to them. Nice to everyone. She, she's a pillar of the community. She, left school to come back and take care of her dad and her grandma after her mom died. Like, yeah. But she's also this incredible flirt, and she's run away from a bunch of different men at the altar, which gives her three, the three at this point, which gives mm-hmm. her the title Runaway Bride. And yeah. as we meet her, she's engaged to somebody else, Christopher Maloney. Dump truck is back. Ass of America. How many times has the dump truck surfaced? In, and I think this might be our third time where the dump truck shows up in a film. Yeah. Bound. Um mudslide he was in rodanthe oh my god yes um and this one yep and wow we love christopher are maloney. there any romance anyway. movies that star christopher maloney oz <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway moving on from that so richard gear basically in and the and i okay so we watched this roughly at the same time the other night yeah and i could not believe how quickly Richard Gere ingratiates himself not only into Julia Roberts' life, but the life of everyone around her. 
And she's essentially, and Ali, you mentioned this, everyone in the town is really quick to throw her under the bus. And it's all immediately immediately give all of her personal information to this reporter to, you know, say mean things about her, treat her differently. And she just takes it. She takes it, takes it, takes it. And then, of course, there's a moment where that doesn't happen anymore because it's as she and Richard Gere are kind of falling in love with each other, except they're not really. It just happens kind of suddenly at the rehearsal for her wedding with Christopher Maloney, which we'll get to. In Wait, a- no, it's before. No, it's right before that, too, that she starts to have feelings about him. Well, yeah, at the luau. We'll get to the it. rehearsal well, dinner at luau. We'll get to it. But it's but like, here's like the thing. Everyone- her ex shows him a photo of her topless and they won't give it back to her. Which is not okay. You and no. this is also, but this is also in the '90s before there were laws about that. Um, mm. Because now there's laws about sharing people's nudes, which is a crime. Yeah. So one of the things that runs through this film is that Richard Gere asks all of the men that Julia Roberts has been with how she likes her eggs, and all of them give the the same answer, which is same as me, and then gives their order for eggs. But it's it's always a separate, different. Right. Order. One of them likes poached eggs. One of them likes scrambled with dill. One of them likes egg whites. And, you know, one of the things that I did think was nice about this movie is that after shit hits the fan, Julia Roberts goes off on her own and learns about herself. And I yeah. thought that was really great because she doesn't come back because obviously she and Richard Gere fall in love. She basically leaves Christopher Maloney. And then she and Richard Gere decide to get married that day, the same day that she had planned for Christopher Maloney. And then she runs away from him at the altar. But she doesn't come back to him until she has a lot more comfortability with herself. And I liked that because she basically comes back to him at the end and she says, "Okay, well, you were right because I didn't know myself and I didn't prioritize myself. And I've spent uh, the past however many months learning about myself and I finally figured out how I take my eggs and I like them this way and I started doing industrial design and I started my own company and I did this and I did that for myself and that's when they you know have their happy ending together and I did like that but she and I guess sometimes when you put yourself in that role of everyone kind of shitting on you all the time and when you're used to that, sometimes it does take an outside perspective to come in and be like, hey, you shouldn't let these people treat you like this. Because yeah, sometimes you're not ready to hear it because you don't believe it and there's a big part of you that feels that's what you deserve. Because mm-hmm. um, she is lost. She is kind of like, I And I she does feel guilty about hurting do. people. And she does. She and Joe Cusack have a really lovely conversation because... She, Julia Roberts, uh, Maggie used to date Joe Cusack's character's husband in high school. And Julia was like, at one point, Julia is like, do I flirt with Corey? And Joe Cusack is like, sometimes, yeah. She's like, I don't even think you know you're doing it. She's like, you have this thing, this like mysterious quality. She's like, there's something about you that draws people to you. And that is kind of flirtatious. And I don't think you know you're doing it. And I don't even think it's malicious, but it is something that happens. And then Julia Roberts is like, I am so sorry. I didn't even know. I feel terrible. I'm about like starts to kind of cut herself down. Um, and something really nice that I liked about it was Joan Cusack says, like, 
I'm your friend. You've been this way the whole time we've been friends. I know you. It. I love you. But I do think now that you know that this is an issue, maybe you can move, work to like changing it. She doesn't even say like, I think you're a bad person. She doesn't even really shame her for it. She's no. just like, this is something about you. It's something I've always known. And I'm not worried about it. I am glad. Uh, yeah. She's like, and she even, but she does say like, I am glad we're finally talking about it because I think now you might actually be in a position to like maybe adjust some of that behavior or figure out why you do that or why that is happening. Which, um, I thought which I thought was, was really nice. I thought that was sweet too, but it also makes me yeah. wonder like, okay, so if Richard Gere hadn't blown up her shit, would she just continue to be this way forever? Like, do all the people in this really? small town, do all of her really close friends and family, would they really just never say anything to her? No, they wouldn't. Because also, something I noticed is that no one in this town really listens to her. She says stuff and they talk over her. They talk shit about her in front of her and she'll make like a face or make a thing or say she kind of wants something and they're like, oh, well, no, it's fine. Like, um, even um, Bob, played by Dump Truck, Christopher Maloney. Did we say his Christopher Maloney or have we just been calling him Dump Truck this whole time? Both. Both. Okay. I, it's, <laughs> Sorry to reduce this man to just his butt. <laughs> He's great. We love him. Yeah. He's super. Char- he, we love Christopher Maloney, but even Christopher Maloney's character is like kind of quote trying to help her, but the way he's helping her is through his own lens because he's um, he's the local like sports coach, and he even says that to Richard Gere. He's like, "Yeah, well, we've been working on a bunch of that stuff together, and like yeah. you just gotta focus." Like he just uses all this sports terminology, and mm-hmm. I think. Honestly, I can see why someone would be interested in Bob because I think he's a sweetheart and he's fun. But I think yeah. I think maybe Julia Roberts was drawn to him because he was like, oh, well, you clearly have this thing. I want to help you mm-hmm. figure it out, which is like nice, but also like you're a human, not a DIY project, you know? Yeah. Um, and um, like I ultimately do like the um, – oh, something else I thought was kind of sweet though – is that she appears to be on, beside, with with the exception of the man that initially told Richard Gere about um, her, um, she seems to be on okay terms with her exes. Except for like, the rock star dude. Because he's... No, rock star guy seemed, but rock star guy was like still really into her and still on board for her. Yeah, and uh, the thing about the tattoos just fucking got me. Oh, because they were they were supposed to he they like had this bet or agreement or whatever that they would get tattoos of roses. And her tattoo is very prominent in the video of her at that wedding when she's running away. And Richard Gere is there the whole time just butting into this conversation. He's like, oh, well, she got it removed, didn't she? How much you want to bet that it was a stick on and that it wasn't even real? And then he, her ex just like pulls down his shirt and you see he's like, well, mine was real. And it's like, oh, my God, dude, like Richard Gere, shut the fuck up, bro. Richard Gere is also this is also when Richard Gere is looking at a topless photo of her and won't give it back to her. Um, yeah, he's just like really he's cruel, really sleazy. Um, and then no uh, but journalistic she's on good integrity whatsoever. With, no. no code of ethics. I don't like. The fact that he's doing this story as just, like, a mission to redeem himself. He doesn't actually really care about any of these people. His whole focus is no. himself. 
And also to humiliate a woman. His favorite thing is to like humiliate treat a woman, woman poorly. Yeah, because and, his ex-wife uh, dumped his ass and he never got over it. But I think he was even shitty before then, too. I think um, he was shitty to her, but I think she's the one who dumped him. And then instead, Oh, she 100% was. Yeah, and then yeah. instead of, I don't know, going to therapy or working on himself or being like, hmm, this person that I promised to spend the rest of my life with doesn't want to be around me anymore. Could it be something that I'm doing? He just channels mm-hmm. all of that into his column in such a negative way that he has a reputation for being this mega misogynist. Yeah, and... um. Men will literally do anything to avoid going to therapy. Men will do... Here's what's sad, though, is like... Yeah, but also, in this country, we do not make access to proper therapy and doctors easy in any way. Healthcare is not a priority at all. Nope, you're right. Also, um... I know I've said this, but there's a lot of issues... I'm trying to think of the best way to word this. I think particularly our generation, men men in our generation, are some of the first to really have to like unpack and acknowledge trauma they've had in a different way than like their fathers, their grandfathers, etc. Mm-hmm. Um and they have almost no examples of how to do that. I'm not saying like boohoo men, it's I'm a good saying point. it's a good it's point. Really sad and um kind of heartbreaking um i'm not saying like uh then it's okay for them to like hurt people or abuse people or uh murder or any of those things that tend to happen when men are not uh allowed to do things but um i do think it's something that maybe should be noted or at least that we should like acknowledge I think that's like, a good point. That's well said, Ali. Show some kind of like compassion because they're. I. I. It's very hard for me to think of an example. Um, I know they're out there, but I feel like it's difficult for widely known examples of like men acknowledging stuff within themselves, healing their own trauma, healing stuff within their families, um, reaching out to each other, taking care of each other. In a way that isn't based around like some kind of destructive force, it, it we don't see a lot of big examples of that. I think that's why it's so exciting in like movies when men are our friends. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, there's love being shown between men and for men, and love for themselves. That's not like, and then we're all going to band together and murder these people. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, Ali, I think that was well said, and I am glad you. that you brought that up because I. I didn't even think of it because it's honestly so easy to make men the butt of every joke. Well, because I, they're all, they, a lot of them are terrible and awful and, yeah, like, and they're, they keep trying to kill us. Yeah, patriarchy is very real. Sorry. But I think you make a very yeah. valid point that like for the men who maybe are like stuck, where like they're not sure why they are the way they are, but they know they need to work on something. I think there's a big stigma against them getting mental health services and i think people do deserve some compassion when they're trying to figure their shit out yeah and it's not to say that it is like oh boohoo you oh you just figured out you have an emotion like that doesn't mean you have to like hold the hand of every man who's ever been cruel to you Yeah, definitely not um but i do think that like it's I, I just feel like, okay, because I feel like the message, anytime we get close to a message that's like, it's okay to heal something within yourself, 
a lot of times it gets muddled. Like I just think about Fight Club and uh, how people miss the point of that movie. Yeah, which truly. is that these men are insane and that these men miss the point and that these men are psycho and like they just keep feeding into this like toxic masculinity. Like they're missing the point of like what they probably need from one another. Um, also, it was written to like okay. Sorry, we don't need yeah, to talk about fight. Club. We don't I'm need going to go on, like on a, a Chuck Palahniuk tangent. tangent. What I was trying, what I'm trying to say is, it's like it's just something I've noticed and I've talked about with like a friend of mine recently about like I do think particularly men in like our generation and the ones after that are doing. I I like to think they're doing slightly more work, or at least I should be rephrase a different kind of work than some of their previous generations have. Um because there are more resources but i do think um i don't know that I, I, I don't think that gives anybody a pass to like abuse anybody abuse themselves abuse each other um i do think it's interesting to know that like how difficult it is to find an example of like compassionate masculinity um i know that it exists i just think it's interesting how that there's still such like a weird stigma around it yeah i think it was I think it needed to be said and I'm glad you did say it and I do, and circling back to what we were talking about before that's why watching movies like this makes me so fucking mad because yeah. you have these male protagonists and they're they are protagonists okay they yeah. are the love interest when really they're more of an antagonist or a villain in the story arc Yes oh yeah no Richard Gere for like 80% of the movie, his whole goal is to destroy and humiliate this woman. And and it's only when he... To prove a larger point about women in his and it, mind. Which yeah, is and it's gross. only when he actually gets... Not knowing things about her, but getting to know mm-hmm. her. Seeing her in this very human moment. Because her father is an alcoholic, and he's basically the yeah. town drunk. And we have this scene of... It's the night before her rehearsal dinner, luau themed dinner thing. Mm-hmm. And she goes to the local pub where her dad is completely zooted. And she's trying to get him into the truck. And Richard Gere is there. And yeah. instead of humiliating her and being a piece of shit to her, he's actually a little bit kind and compassionate and helpful. Right. It just And it's just a little bit, right? Because right. he... He basically is like, okay, well, why don't you go for a drive with me? Your dad will be fine. We'll let him sleep it off in the truck. We'll take the keys. He'll be fine. And, like, why don't you come with me? And they go for a drive, and they kind of start to come to an understanding with one another. And it reaches this climax because he's basically been badgering, badgering, badgering her, and she's been in defense mode the whole time. They have this kind of, not necessarily a truce, but a couple nice moments, and then we go to the rehearsal dinner. Wait, no, is this before or after she says, like, I will give you the scoop myself? Uh, I'm I'm going to make sure you... This is. I think this is... After. Yeah, I think it's after. Because there's at one point she decides, and again, he doesn't change his thought process of his own volition. She has to be the one that reaches out. She has to initiate it, uh, which I actually think is fine for the movie. But like, it is interesting that he can't come to the conclusion that she's a person deserving of <laughs> respect and compassion on his own. Yeah, and but the fact she that basically she keeps leaving him, these dudes at the altar is because of something within herself. 
yes, it's there's a larger issue here, but um, that isn't like women are bad. Um, yeah, but uh, she says like I'm I've decided to um make sure that you are accurate by and you will I will allow you to interview me if you get the story firsthand it'll look better it'll save your reputation and also I have a better chance of coming out looking okay from this um, which is honestly so agree, smart that's because he wasn't gonna very smart also yeah and also that's when they go the, we get another Gary Marshall this scene kind of made me want to watch Pretty Woman again because it's a similar thing of Richard Gere go shopping with Julia Roberts and is like, whatever she wants to buy, she can get because Julia Roberts wants to buy this one wedding dress. Oh, yeah. Oh, also she is, because also she's like, also I demand this level of money. I forget what the amount is, but basically because of that amount of money, she's able to buy this wedding dress that she really wants. Um, that yeah. is stunning. And it's, I it's truly beautiful. And yeah, the woman, and this is when we start to really see that the people in the town have just made her the butt of every joke. Because yeah. the proprietor of the wedding dress st- sh- stop, shop, stop and shop? Okay, the wedding dress facility. <laughs> the wedding dress gas and go. <laughs> the wedding dress, the wedding dress and PM. <laughs> <laughs> so she's there and she's got this dress on hold. And the woman's like, well, this dress, the one that you want is $1,000. And the one you have on hold is 300 So shouldn't you yeah. really buy the cheaper dress? Because you're only going to wear it for about 10 minutes with your reputation. Which is yeah. so rude. So cruel. And Julia Roberts is so sweet in her like and, uh, and, defeated look. And Richard and then, Gere and, makes a really good point. He's like, you know what? Aren't you like, isn't your job to like serve customers? Like this woman's giving you business. And the fact yeah. that this whole wedding thing is happening with her, you should be jumping for fucking joy because she keeps yeah. purchasing wedding dresses from you instead of wearing the same dress every time. So why are you being so rude to her? Yeah. And then she tries on the dress. Looks incredible. Incredible. I loved this dress, honestly. It's it's very it. of its time, but it's very, very beautiful. But it also worked. That's what drove me. I was blown yeah. away. I was like, how is this dress both very 1999, but also like I would be happy to wear that today? Yeah, know? I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway. But, it's, but then. So anyway, they get to know each other. Richard, the, Richard they, they get to know this, each other more. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. They get to know each other more. And Richard Gere keeps using his like asshole New Yorker attitude to call people out when they're rude to her. And that brings us to this moment at the rehearsal dinner where when they're doing toasts, everybody just says the meanest shit to her. Yeah. It's not about and it's not like a it's not like a poking fun, fun thing being like, hey, we hope that you have a great wedding and that you have a great life together and y'all are a real great couple. Like the normal stuff that you would say if everyone's doing like a round table of toasts. And even Christopher (laughs) Maloney is like, yeah, it's fun. We're just poking fun at her. Blah, blah, blah. They're just jokes. They're just jokes. They're just jokes. And Richard Gere is like, no, they're not just jokes. Like, it's just easy for you people to make this person your target. When she's clearly like, and he he makes this big grandstand and whatever, blah blah blah. And he honestly, I liked this moment because he put everyone in their place because Julia yeah. Roberts didn't necessarily. And yeah. uh, then we get to a point where she's having lunch with her dad and her grandma, and her dad starts making jokes like that, and she's like, "You know what? You're not going to talk to me like that anymore." Yeah, and I was like, like, "You need to yes, stop." Yes, I yes. love it because she, she's like, "I get it. You don't like a daughter that has run away from her wedding." She goes, "I don't like having a dad that's drunk all the time," which is kind of like a very simplistic way of dealing with it, but it is a good way to finally be like, 
hey, I'm, I've been allowing you to talk to me this way, but I, 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 basically, like, her finally acknowledging, like, I also put up with a lot of shit from you, and I don't deserve to be treated this way. Yeah, it's not my lot in life to be your caretaker and for you to be so unkind to me about something that isn't about you. Yeah, and, uh, her dad stops. Anyway, so it's like two days before the wedding, and uh, they're doing a rehearsal having, in the like, church, and, and it's now Richard Gere is a part of it, and yeah. it's just Joan Cusack and another one of their friends being like, "Where the fuck is Richard Gere here now?" Yeah, now everyone's confused. They're like, "What the fuck is this girl? bitch doing here?" Why? Why? And so, um, because they want to run down her walking through the aisle. And at first they have Richard Gere pretend to be the pastor and, and it's kind of psyching Julia Roberts out. But then... Well, because he's Christopher also Maloney, still being like smarmy Richard Gere. Yeah, but then Christopher Maloney is like, oh, I know, here, Richard Gere, you stand in for me. And honey, I'm going to stand behind him and kind of coach you along. And so... Anyway... Mm. While this is happening, basically Richard Gere and Julia Roberts kiss. They like make out in a Full church in front out. of Christopher Maloney, and Christopher Maloney. Christopher Maloney's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, got what guys, the fuck? And, hello, h- hello, could hello, you, uh, hello. And then as he it, as he's leaving, as he's leaving, something I love. Julia Roberts is like, hey, at least this is before we actually were getting married. Like this is progress. This is good. You've helped me. That was funny. And she like. It was very sweet. And she and Richard Gere talk, and Richard Gere says, well, we have, there's still technically a wedding date and, like, a wedding in two days. Do you want to just get married? So they decide to get married. It's insane. It's truly insane. It's, and it's, then, it's, they're at, (sighs) it's insane. It's insane. And then everybody's there. I can't think of another word for it. It's it's not okay everybody's there and during there are cameras and stuff and then during the ceremony she's doing all right and then someone does like a flash it's her dad camera no it's one of the old men in the thing oh i thought it was her dad just takes a flash photograph of her and it like psychs her out and then she yeah snaps her out of it freaks her out and then she runs away on a fedex truck and everyone's like she fucking did it again so she's humiliated richard Gere is heartbroken really sad after that, he, I think it's after that or some point, he is talking to Rita Wilson. And he and Rita Wilson have, like, a very nice conversation where he's like, did I just not? Basically, they acknowledge what happened and why their marriage ended. And he apologizes to her, like, genuinely apologizes to her for his part in their split. She's like, oh, like, that's really nice. She's, it only took, it took us 12 us years. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, kind of cute. Um, but then, anyway, Julia Roberts has this whole thing, which I did, this is the element I love about this movie, is that she does all this work to, like, figure out who she is and what she really wants. Like, she figures out her, what kind of eggs she actually likes. She starts this, like, industrial design build business that she has been wanting to set up. And then she finally meets up with Richard Gere. And one thing she says is, like, you were right about a lot of things. like. I was scared and I was lost and none of those men saw me 
And then finally, I was with you, and you did see me, and you did know me, but I didn't know me. And that's why I freaked out. And she's like, and now I do. And then she, she says, like, lots of sweet things, but then she proposes to him in the exact way that he had mentioned earlier in the movie that he thought was the best way to propose to someone. Which, what that scene earlier in the movie, I'm like, this is insane. Why is he talking like this? Why is he, what's happening right now? Like, there's the only reason for him to say all this shit is for Julia Roberts to repeat it at the end of the movie. But it was like, it's this like kind of sweet thing where she says basically word for word what he had said earlier, which was like, I guarantee we'll have tough times. and But I know that if I don't ask you to marry me, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Um, Which was very sweet. Anyway, they get married. And it's just them. Oh, she also states all the things she knows about herself, like what she actually wants with her wedding. Which is really just that she wants a private wedding, which is fine. That's actually ideal and really nice. Anyway, they finally get married. It's just the two of them with like a pastor. And then they each have a horse. Yeah. Um, uh, that was, and everybody's like kind of over a hill. Extra. Yeah. And they get married. And they they finally get married. The end of the movie is them getting married, and it's everyone celebrating. Everyone in the town calling each other, celebrating that sh- they just keep going. She did it. She finally did it. She really did it. And it's actually very cute. I thought. I thought it was it's sweet. Just people celebrating. It's like Joan Cusack and her kids, and like different people in the town dancing. And there's a scene where Hector Elizondo and Rita Wilson are on the phone to separate people talking about how Richard Gere and Julia Roberts got married. And they're running and excitedly talking, and then they stop and just kiss each other, and then they keep running. Yeah, and I that thought was cute. that's that was really cute. Also, on like a personal note, I was like, "Mom and Dad, <laughs> <laughs> that's right." I forgot that they remind you, you could, of your parents. You couldn't make it work in re- they couldn't make it work in real life, and they shouldn't have. My parents, y'all, I want to be clear, my parents were not supposed to be together in the long haul. <laughs> It was a good choice for them to not be married for to, to each other anymore after a certain point. But um it was it is kind of cute to be like, oh, there's an alternate universe <laughs> where <laughs> my mom is like a very successful business person. And your dad and is my Hector dad Elizondo. is Hector Elizondo. <laughs> also, I feel like someone has probably told my dad that he looks like Hector Elizondo and I don't know if he likes it. Honestly, that checks out for your dad though. I don't he's got know. the goatee never, and he wears the newsboy caps. I am so hesitant to tell my dad he looks like anybody that is not Al Pacino because one time I mentioned <laughs> that someone else thought he looked like a different celebrity and he was, his feelings were hurt. Oh, He was angry. And I was like, oh, dad, I don't want my dad to feel bad about it. But anyway, my dad, Hector Elizondo. <laughs> I do love the idea of Hector Elizondo playing my dad one day. I and everyone's going to be fun. like, this doesn't make sense. People will be like, this doesn't make sense. And it then I will just show to. them a photo of my actual father and they'll be like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, um, but, but that's but- Runaway Bride. And honestly, <sighs> I liked it. Do you, Allie, would you recommend this movie? I don't know. I think it's insane, but it's also, I because I remember when we were watching it, I was like, Oh, fuck, how, how do I have like 45 minutes left? But I will say it's honestly very breezy. Gary Marshall knew how to make a movie that fucking moved. Yeah. It, it goes, it goes, it goes. 
And while there's plenty of stuff that gets me like angry in this movie, the ending, I found myself smiling. I was charmed by the underlying message of it, which is like, you have to know yourself before you make a commitment like this. Yep. Um, I love Julia Roberts. I guess I'm recommending, I guess I'm recommending Runaway Bride. I don't know that I particularly laughed out loud at any point, but I do love, like, I'm so charmed by these actors that mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah. It's it's such a charming ensemble, honestly. Um, it, it really, I yeah, am. I would agree with you. I... I'm right on the fence between recommending and not recommending it, so we'll. I'm just yeah. gonna lean in and say, yeah, I recommend it. Basically, Julia Roberts is a goddamn movie star. We love her. This is f- like, it's fun. Julia, you Roberts could literally pro- like pick any of her movies from a list, and you'll have an okay time watching her. You'll have an okay time. You'll be like, you know what? We love, we love Julia. And okay, um, so we we would both recommend this movie. Allie, I did can't you believe we're both recommending? I know it's crazy. <laughs> um, do you think this movie was romantic? Um, honestly, at the end, I did find it romantic, and I think it's because I like movies. I find it very romantic when people work on themselves and are like part of. I I like movies where love is about kind of choosing to be with someone and choosing. Like I, I like movies where it's like to truly love you, I have to also love and be compassionate to myself and it's where I, I like movies where that's kind of the message of it yeah it's like i um it's not that you care about the other person more than yourself but it's that you're willing to like be there with the other person and guide them to themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which maybe i'm giving this movie a lot of credit but i i i did find the ending romantic me too of like oh hey if it's if these two people just listened to each other they could have a really nice wedding <laughs> Truly. Yeah, I would say this movie semi-romantic. I I wouldn't say it's yeah. fully romantic. Um and No, because Richard Gere is like evil. Yeah, he's for the villain. Most of the he's movie. the villain. Um, he's a fucking villain. He's evil. Also, uh I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this movie's not sexy at all. The sexiest part of this movie no. was Christopher Maloney's no. butt. Absolute dump truck. Um, America's ass. I we're not I don't want um no, and I don't think this movie is supposed to be sexy. No. This is Thank not goodness. you don't want your runaway bride to be like, ooh. <laughs> like, and on that note, <laughs> this has been You Had Me at Hell No. <laughs> we didn't even do foot. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. <sighs> well, we don't have one for this one. Anyway, let's just No, 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 no. No. I'm okay. Wait, do you have one, babe? Yeah, obviously I have one. Okay. And it's gonna be really difficult. <gasps> Wait, I think I have one too. Anyway, keep going. Go. Sorry, what were you gonna say? What yours? Sorry, you say yours. Okay, Julia Roberts, Rita Wilson, okay. <gasps> Joan Cusack. Fuck me. I'm Joe. gonna. Okay, this Melanie. This actually is gross to me because two of those three women remind me of my own mother, and <laughs> <laughs> at alternate times for different reasons, both Rita Wilson and Joan Cusack remind me of my mom. So I would like to recuse myself from this. Okay, let me pick someone else then. Let's do. I don't. I don't want. Okay, we'll I don't do, want to do Julia Roberts. I have one. Joan Cusack, okay. Laurie Metcalf. That's weird too. Oh. <laughs> okay. These are all like mother figures who I trust. I'm not saying that these women aren't 
sexy in their own right or don't have any kind of sex appeal or don't deserve to feel or be seen as such as sex symbols. I I'm saying that me personally, I derive too much comfort from them as like seeing them in stuff when I was a child or having them remind me of like my own mom that I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's, okay, that's here's fair. the cow, though. Then if we're talking me, about Joan Cusack, hold tell on, me yours. hold on. You tell if, me your fucking I will say, if we're talking about Joan Cusack and Adam's family values, I wanted to be her. And that is also sexy. I will say, yeah, Adam's family best. values, Cusack. Yeah, anyway, sorry. I was going to go a different route. Okay. And I was going to say, of the three men, the first three men she leaves at the altar. <gasps> okay. Fuck, Mary kill. We got rock, rock star, Grateful Dead guy, priest, played by Donald Logue. And then um, the bug, the entomologist, who talks like a nerd. Okay. Well, I think I know your answer, but I'm not going to say Okay. Um, I'm actually... I know my answer. I'm going to kill the entomologist <laughs> because... Oh! Okay. You, I was not expecting Normally, that. I would go for like a smart nerd like that, but the reason I would kill yeah. him is because he vindictively sells her out to Richard Gere, and that's not okay. Okay. I'm not about that. We love that you're making this stand. Thank you. Thank you. Going against the stereotype I've created of myself. Um, (laughs) So we're killing the entomologist. Um, We are fucking the priest and we are marrying the rock star guy. I don't really see a better alternative because like I'm not going to marry. I would flip. I'm not going to marry a priest. I would flip. I'd marry the priest. First of all, if you happen to be Lucille, let us know who won the fuck marry kill. Who won the fuck Marion Carroll? Please tell us, because honestly, I love the idea of Lucille letting us know who wins anyway. And if you're not that. if you're not Lucille, you can also let us know who you thought won the fuck Mary Kill. You can check out our website at hellnocast.com and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at hellnocast and you can DM us, slide into those DMs baby and let us know yeah. any thoughts or feelings you have about the films, but really right now, I think I just kind of want to know who won because I'm super competitive. Yeah. So, obviously it was me. I- um okay no here's the thing melanie here's why i'm less worried about this because i think we win for ourselves because we're neither of us are wrong because we're making the right choices for ourselves that being said i do feel like i'm correct and the real treasure (laughs) was the friendships that we made along the way yeah so fucking stupid uh but we would love to hear from you it's like at the end of casper oh the treasure is a baseball i can't i can't even with you right now Um, (laughs) we don't have time to talk about casper (laughs) being friends with me is me bringing up either a horny nun movie or a movie from our childhood that mel's like i don't care about Or me bringing up Lord of the Rings. So yeah, it's, it's on both like, sides. Lord of the Rings is not a road trip. And I'm like, for sure. <laughs> so anyway, for for more hijinks, check us out on social media. <laughs> if you like what you heard, go ahead and leave us a five star review. We would really appreciate that. Share the podcast yeah. with your friends. Get the word out. We have so much fun recording and making this for you. The three of us, me and Allie and Tiffer. So we thank you for your time and for your support. And you can listen to us every week. We post on Friday slash Saturday, and you can listen to us wherever your major podcasts are heard. Yes. Well, this has been You Had Me at Hell No. I've been Allie. And I've been Mel. Love you. Bye. Bye. 
You Had Me at Hell No was recorded remotely in front of our pets Roscoe and Benny. Allie and I want to thank Tiffer Hill for editing our podcast, putting up with all our shenanigans, and making us sound amazing. We would also like to thank Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for writing our theme song. Thanks, Bella and Lucille. 